Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Well, I am frigging buzzing. Just jetted back from the SCG after seeing a thrilling test match conclude. England salvaging a draw. The veterans Broad and Anderson surviving for 12 balls to hold on. And Australia, they hold their 3-0 lead. Welcome to Cricket Daily. I'm Menes. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Thanks to those that are watching. Paul, I mean, what a game. What a climax. Yeah, it was a, a thoroughly entertaining last day. I was watching it with my wife's cousin, who is Scottish, and every chance I have to uh, indoctrinate him into cricket, I do my best. Wasn't necessarily the easiest sell early on winning when we're just blocking and blocking and blocking. Um, but as the tension mounted, um, you know, when there was, the, the, there was that drop catch of Smith, I yelled, oh, he's dropped him, and he came out from the other room to watch it. So that was um, that was pretty cool. And then at the end, I must admit... Even though I really did want Australia to win, I wanted the 5-0. When England did draw it, I thought, I can't be too unhappy. for I, I, Joe Root doesn't deserve to lose 5-0. And, and some of those other players, they don't deserve the ignominy of a 5-0 whitewash. So I'm fairly, I'm fairly um, relaxed about the result. Yeah, I'm very relaxed about it. Obviously, like you, I would have liked to see an Australian win, but uh, I just wanted a thrilling finish. I wanted it to go down to the wire, and I wanted to see something, that ninth wicket, and, and we saw that uh, when when Smith uh, got Leach with 12 balls to go. I was thrilled because, um, you know, like you, I didn't mind. Yeah, like I'm glad Anderson and Broad, you know, they walk off the great SCG yeah. salvaging a draw. I mean, they've been pretty much shitty, shitty tourists whenever they've come here. But for them to get that small little win. And <laughs> and, and James Anderson has spoken on his podcast, Tailenders, the pain of being that last wicket. And he did describe it pretty well. And, um, you know, I struggle to have empathy for, for Englishmen, but, you know, I do have a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so, look, I, I just thought, it, you know, it was another a great test match at the SCG. You know, people around the country sort of say that, you know, rains a lot, but we – Sydney produces, you know, last year India's draw. Time and time again, the SCG test is unmissable. I mean, really, if they're being serious, all five tests should be at the Sydney Cricket Ground. You know, 
the premier city of the nation. They should all be at, at headquarters, shouldn't they? <laughs> Do we give one to Melbourne just because they, they can draw a few people? Um, no, I think we should give one to Newcastle. Mm, okay, good. Maybe Canberra. So they doesn't actually leave the geographical area of New South Wales. They can give um, one to Canberra as long as they rescind the notion of the ACT and we get to reclaim that part of our land for New South Wales. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, look, let's let's recount today's place. So much to talk about. Um so, so many highlights, but the first session was dazzling. Zach Crawley came out and, okay, stats. At one point I wrote down he had 77 of 91 runs that England had scored. Um, what did you think if he's 77 off 100? I always get nervous in those moments because, you know me, men, is I cherish the record of Charles Bannerman from the very mm. first test match of the highest percentage of a, uh, of a team's total, the very first innings of the very first test. So it's very, very unlikely for that ever to be broken. But if it's ever going to be, it would be in a circumstance like today. All we needed was for the rest of the side to absolutely collapse around Crawley and Charles Bannerman's record from the first test match could have been broken. But, you know... um, Slater gave it a good... Slater gave it a good go at the ground in the mid-90s against England. I know. And I was at that that, um, whole test match except for one So was I. So was Um, I. And... Slater was run out, wasn't he? The, 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 the yeah, third but anyway, and it, to give him out. And the Poms yeah. will still talk about it. These days, they're a bit more um, gung-ho on the third up. Back then, they were like, you know, we'll, we'll be very, very cautious. But, yeah. Um, and so that's the second best, yes. Um, but, yeah, I think that when Crawley was going well and going fluently, it, I think that people who are going to criticise Cummins for his declaration... Now, I made a slight criticism of him yesterday, but that's kind of like a niche point. My overall point is I don't think that he got the declaration wrong. And I think that had he declared much earlier, then when the way that Crawley was batting, especially if someone at the other end had been batting in a similar manner, you know, Hamid and Milan were were barely scoring. But let's say Root was down the other end scoring at a decent rate as well. Cummins, as a captain, would have suddenly thought, don't tell me I've gift-wrapped the test match to the opposition. Uh, It would have been a sickening feeling. So, yeah, of course, in hindsight, uh, Australia would have liked a few extra overs at the end. But I, I really, aside from the criticism I made yesterday, I really can't be too um, uh, down on the on the declaration decision. Yeah, Cummins was asked about the declaration just in the press conference, and he said that the SCG it does not play like a traditional fifth-day wicket. You can still score fairly quickly. And he's right. It happened this year, happened last year against India. So I agree with you. I think, though, he was asked about a few things. Now, so today's... Stri- they lost seven overs of play because of the rain. Uh, so there was the first session. Um, England were three for 122 at lunch. Crawley, um, uh, Hamid was out early to Boland, but he was also dropped um, by Carey just before that for nine. Uh, then Milan went uh, bold line uh, for four. And then Joe Root was caught behind off Boland for 24. Boland, two of the first three wickets, just incredible. So that was Amazing. in the first session. Um I mean, so, I mean, Kerry, you know, you have to say now it's probably worth talking about that he hasn't quite nailed his glove work at test level yet. No, and it's and also uh, his batting hasn't been so good. Uh, the, the golden ducky in the, in the second innings, he's probably even more bitter about being sent out about. So, yes. Mm, um, I, can, I can tell you Adelaide Radio is because I was on an Adelaide radio station today and they were not happy with Pat Cummins stitching up <laughs> their boy, Alex Carey. <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> 
And then yeah, when I, mean, I mentioned you dropped one, they weren't happy either. But go on. Yeah. you got to ask the questions. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's now been, what, at least two dropped catches, uh, two catches that he didn't go for. There was that run out that possibly if he'd gloved it better, that could have been a run out as well. So, you know, um, I think that there are legitimate questions to be asked. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to go on my usual spiel of insanity around wicketkeepers saying that maybe if Please Cameron don't. Green had been wicketkeeper, he would have caught Please that first don't. one. But um, I mean, the, the thing, that Green, he Green just reaches out. He's so tall. He doesn't even have to move. He just, he would have caught like that shirt. one on his left hip. Yeah. He could just <laughs> stand there and just, just, Anyway, um, we're digressing, and it's a visual gag from mainly an audio medium. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was the first session. Um, but I just I want to he, add, that, yeah, that ball, um, the wicket of Milan from from mm. uh, Lyon, that was exhilarating. And I sent out a tweet, it's completely different balls to Warren's flipper in his flipper's heyday of the early 90s, but it had that same sort of feeling of suddenly hurrying straight through, crashing into the stumps before anyone has known what's going on. I, was, I, I love that. Interesting comment here from Majumba. That Harris drop of Ben Stokes at forward short leg cost Australia the victory. Now, if you're being a hard marker, you're saying Australia dropped, what, at least three chances today? Smith dropped one, Harris dropped one, Carey dropped one. I'm not sure if I've missed any there. Um, So, yeah, you could say, you know, Australia let victory slip through their fingers. I think that Smith's one was... A tough one. Like, I mean, it wasn't impossible, but I, it's one of these ones that's probably going to be dropped more often than it's caught. Carey's one was one that he should have caught, but, you know, that probably didn't cost too much in the end. Um, uh, I, I think Australia's fielding is pretty good. And I don't mm. think that, that, you know, I, I yeah, um, I'm not critical, I'm not too critical um, of their fielding. What I'm critical of, what, as an aside, I haven't done the maths, but putting aside the rain, as always is the case in uh, test matches, I'm sure that had the minimum number of overs actually been bowled, then how many extra overs would we have had at the end? Uh, There would have been a few. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, we lost seven overs today and Cummins was asked by Dan Brettig, you know, do you think during test matches when there's rain around, they should, you know, do a bit better at not, you know, taking lunch when it's sunny and stuff like that. And um, Cummins said, he said, look, on the first day, you know, it was weird. They sort of, he said something about, you know, they spent a lot of time doing, they put a lot of time for the, a lot of time aside for the ceremony on the first day for the anthems and stuff, which seemed to take a while. And the, the, you know, the inference there was that he doesn't want a half an hour bloody ceremony to start the game. Let's get out there and play. Yeah. And I think that, that they have to be careful about making sure conditions are safe. And I understand that when you're not, tasked with that responsibility you can be gung-ho and say come on come on come on but if you are the one who's next going to be on the line if someone you know trips over and does their knee I can understand that you're going to be cautious but that aside I I do think that there is something to let's speed things up a little bit more and um I think they've got it's a lot better than it used to be (laughs) back in the old Mm. days it would rain from 11 till 12 50 and they'd come out for 10 minutes and then walk off for lunch for 40 minutes they didn't quite do that this time, but they still, they rejigged the session times and it was still uh, almost a full day's play on that particular day. So I don't mind them having a full a full 40 minutes for lunch. But what I, the point I was making is just in terms of the speed of the overs, that had both sides bowled their overs at the right speed, then the crowd would have had another, you know, seven or eight or 10 or 12 or whatever it was overs at the end of scintillating, exciting cricket. And so I think mm. that's um, 
that's certainly a point, and it's one we harp on about all the time. Paul Rifle does seem to do everything in slow motion, though. <laughs> I loved him as a player. I, I loved him as well. a player. I remember when he wasn't picked on the 1997 Ashes Tour, I almost had a nervous breakdown. Uh, and then he ended up being flown over when we were 1-0 down because of injuries. And, you know, from there, it's a famous, another famous win for Australia over England. Um, but, yeah. I mean, if you look at Paul Rifle's test record, if you didn't know anything else and you just looked at the averages only and you compared Paul Rifle to Shane Warne, Paul Rifle actually has a better test record than Shane Warne when you take into account batting and bowling. That's how, you know, he's a very, very underrated player. I'm not saying he's better than Warne, of course. But he's an underrated player. No, I think a very good umpire. It looks like a good bloke. Mm, definitely. So lunch three for one twenty-two. Um, Australia have done a lot of good work by then. Hamid, Milan, and Root are all back in the pavilion. This point, I, I'm sort of thinking, you know, Australia got a really good chance here. They're three down, and then the rain comes in, sweeps through the SCG, and they lose an hour of play. So they they go off at twelve thirty. They don't come back till two ten. Uh, but then, you know, not long after the break. Uh, Cameron Green bowled a searing Yorker to Zach Crawley to get him out for 77 LBW. And Bairstow, yeah, what a ball. And, and what were you sort of thinking about this time? Were you thinking Australia was going to get the win? Well, I was thinking I'm going to get divorced um, because <laughs> <laughs> we were on a drive. So I was actually listening, listening to it on the radio and I was chatting to my wife and I was at the same time as that looking about seven different weather apps. I had friends at the ground. I had, I was checking every possible way to work out when they were going to get back on. And I suddenly realized my wife had made a point to me and like 45 seconds had elapsed that I had. <laughs> I had that, that's, that's the story of my whole marriage. I mean, <laughs> and I said, sorry. And I looked across and realized that's pretty, pretty poor, pretty poor behavior. Of my I'm life. surprised you didn't have the, the cricket on your phone. Um, like the little, little TV. I have done that typically, but I've just, I've actually realized it's been so long since I've listened to much cricket on the radio. Uh, the last few test matches when I've had an opportunity to do it a bit, it's, it's been quite nostalgic and I've quite enjoyed um, listening to it on the radio. I have a little uh, Chapelli watch story at some point uh, during this little show that I'd like to tell you. Well, I've well. got one too. Uh, oh, I think it could be the same one. Is it you're doing <laughs> the, the Bradman impression? No, I didn't hear that. Oh, oh, I've got... oh listen, Sonny, is what he usually says. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you in a second. Um, let me get yeah, What me were guess. you thinking? Let me guess. Yeah, go on. Was it the one that Bradman was sitting slumped in his seat and the only two financial points, then he, he sat up straight? No, well, I'll, let, I'll do it then. So, no, it was a story about him and Keith Stackpole batting all day uh, at the Adelaide Oval and um, Bradman waddles, walks in and goes, I can't do Bradman. He goes, Keith, I didn't know you could concentrate for so long. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that the end that's it and no, then it wasn't, uh, it wasn't critical of bradman no well then he goes stacky never got over that that bradman said uh, sledged him <laughs> that it's not necessarily a glowing chapelli anecdote about bradman but that's pretty much the nicest thing i've ever heard chapelli <laughs> say about bradman <laughs> he, he does a good bradman though his bradman is like you know oh, yeah, you can imagine Bradman like walking in on his A-frame. That's that's the voice you're sort of imagining to the the body to the voice. Like anyway, um, so yeah, were you thinking when you know uh, Crawley's out, it's Bearstow and Stokes. They're four down. What were you thinking? They're going to save it. It's an interesting exercise in sort of human psychology because every instinct is, oh, this is just going to be a draw. And yet, every memory I have is that nine times out of ten, 
this doesn't end up being a draw. That the, the matches, they go on and on and on and nothing's happening and nothing's happening. But especially these days where the final session of the final day ends up having so many overs, you so often see a result or very near to a, a result when it looked absolutely fine. So I was just battling those two halves of my brain the whole time. And um, yeah, I, I always thought it was 50-50 the whole way through the day. Yeah, interesting. I was, um, yeah, I thought it was just going to fizzle out for a while there because the wicket did look pretty dead apart from that one spot. And I sort of toyed with leaving a couple of times. And, and so it got down to 27.2 overs left. Stokes and Bearstow are out there. I'm thinking, actually, if, if these two bat for another hour, they might just call it off. Um, yeah. But then, uh, who was it? Lion bowled a really good ball to get um, Stokes out, um, caught by Smith. And then um, from there, you know, Cummins then got two quick wickets. Um, that was an amazing of, little spell of Cummins. Mm, Butler and Wood, yeah, in one yeah, over. The, you know, the Butler one was a good ball, given not out by rifle, reviewed and shown to be out. And then the Wood one, that was a vicious inswinger, crashed him right on the foot. And it was, um, again, that was watching with um, my wife's Scottish cousin. And that was quite exhilarating. I was like, oh, you know, Cricket's got a chance of claiming him here. That was a, a scintillating five minutes to watch. And and then the, now we're getting into territory that just drives Paul so giddy with excitement because Channel 7 at this stage have stopped the news. So, we're, you know, we're past 6 o'clock. The whole nation's watching the grandstand <laughs> finish to the test match. Um, so what, Leach joins Broad, uh, uh, Bairstow out there. Bairstow's playing a blinder of a match, you know, 100. Um, and, then, and then they too, Leach and actually Bairstow look pretty good. And... and I sort of thought, thought Australia were going to struggle here. Besto was marshalling the strike. It just wasn't going well. I've heard rumours that Leach is going to replace Hamid as the specialist opener for the final test. <laughs> I could do worse. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Leach made 26, but Besto uh, got out first. He was caught in close um, off Boland. Uh, Labuschagne took the catch. And there was, there was a lot going on today. So Manus was annoying the shit out of the English. They, and I've heard Broad and Stokes' podcast, they just fucking hate him. Like, they, they're just like, he drives them up the wall. Um, so um, that was going on a bit. But then at one I don't know why he does. Like, he just, yeah. he just seems enthusiastic. Yeah, English, um, English people don't understand that. That's oh. the problem. No, nah, steady on. But I mean, Warren and <laughs> unless Simon. they're unless they're sorry, unless they're at an EPL game, a Premier League game, then they and they've had a few pints, then they know enthusiasm. Warren and Simons were the same with that that um, when they were hot mic and didn't realise they were talking about um, Labuschagne, and they were very um, mm. mortified that it went to air. I think that you know Labuschagne just loves cricket. He's just being enthusiastic. Gosh, there are worse crop. There are much worse crimes in the world than that. I I, I like him. Yeah, same. And um, at one point, Stokes, again, had a problem with the crowd. Someone said something. The commentators, don't, I don't know what radio station you were listening to, but one was saying it was Warner, but it was actually the crowd. And, and Cummins came in and said, do you want me to get security to sort this out to Stokes? Which I, I thought was pretty good of the captain to just come in and say, look, because if Cummins walks over and points at them, then they're out. I mean. Yeah, I was, I was listening to ABC Radio, and they were initially thinking that it was um... – Lion, and then they were talking about it being Warner. Yeah, we didn't realise that it was the crowd till it came out came out on social media later. Um, so yeah, a lot happening. Um, so it's getting really dramatic. So Besto goes, um, Broad joins Leach out in the middle, um, and then around this time the umpires go to Pat Postman Pat 
Sorry, mate, no more quicks. So you got Lyon at one end bowling, um, well, he's, he's, I don't know, lollipops. <laughs> no, we'll get to that. And, um, and then so they bring they bring in, did you, now, did you know Steve Smith started as a leg spinner? Um, so they, they bring him him, and apparently Marnus and Smith are having a bit of a, a thing in the dressing room about who's the, the better leg spinner. So I think they're egging each other on because I don't know if Smith likes bowling. And then, honestly, I loved when um, – Smith got the wicket of Leach, caught caught slip with the 12 balls after that one. So it was the 13th last delivery. I mean, Smith bowled well. And you look at that and you just think, God, um, if he worked on his bowling as hard as I suspect Labashain works on his, then why wouldn't you want to be uh, an all-rounder? I don't get that. Like, um, you know, he's got some talent there. He, they, the government should step in and say, listen, Smith, you're spending two hours a day in the nets on your bowling as well as the 14 hours a day you spend on um, on the batting. Um, you know, uh, he, he looked good. He looked good. Mm. Um, I, I agree. I think that I remember when I played cricket, bowling was fun. So I don't understand yeah. like, if you're Smith, if you're just going to be out there standing in the field, well, wouldn't you have a bit of a trundle? He's vice captain. I guess, you know, like Michael Clark, it, you know, bowling seemed to aggravate his back. So that's one of the reasons he stopped. Maybe there's an enough. issue there. Yeah. 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 Um, so 12 balls to go, it's fading light. You have Smith bowl one over, Lion bowl the no Lion bowled the second last over, yep. Smith bowled the last over, Anderson padded out the last over. In the last 12 balls, there was no real chances. Um, but it was, I mean, so exciting. Ben Stokes was almost puking on the sideline. I mean, it was it was just full on drama. There was, I think, ten thousand people there. So it was making a bit of noise. It was fantastic drama. Yeah, the last two overs, they kind of didn't quite get it right, the Aussie. Smith's, uh, the over that he got Leach out was a really good over. His final over was a, probably a little bit on the uh, innocuous side. Um, but, yeah, it's a pity It's a pity it wasn't a few more overs for, uh, of drama because it was, it was tremendous watching. So um, England get the draw, famous draw. Uh, you, you know, seven overs play lost today, few drop chances. So you, you can say Australia, um, you know, probably just, as I said, let it slip. But uh, Usman Khawaja was the man of the match. After play, uh, Joe Root um, clarified that Butler's heading home. He's not staying for the rest of the tour. His injury is so bad. So we won't see Butler in the next test match. He um, it, it, it didn't look good out there, Butler. Um you didn't look comfortable. Yeah, yeah, same. It's horrible. Yeah, when you, um, it's bad, hard enough batting anyway. When you got a, uh, an injury like that, it's, it makes it much more unpleasant. Um, I've heard Butler on podcasts, and he comes across as the most lovely guy. Like I don't know what he's like. Maybe he's not behind the scenes, but he comes across as like really sweet guy. Um, so yeah, shame his tour ends like this. Maybe his test career. Yeah. Maybe it'll be interesting. Maybe. It'll be interesting to see how, um, presumably, Billings will play in, in Hobart. It'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I have a feeling he might do quite, quite might do quite well. Yeah, I mean, got nothing to lose. Um, so, oh, Cummins was asked a few good questions. One about uh, Usman Kawaja, and we had this debate yesterday, and he said, you know, "It's pretty hard to leave out a, you know, how can you go past a player that scored twin tons?" Like. I think he's on board now that Kawaja has to play uh, because if you're a captain, you want to win. So you don't want the player that scored 200s on the sideline. So I think we'll see Kawaja play and I, I, I think Harris will get the axe. That's great. As long as they don't axe head. I mean, 
That's mm. the other insane mm. thing that they could do. Um, but again, I mean, if you're if you're looking, if you if you want to, your point is a very good one. Imagine it was two all, and the Ashes were on the line going into the final Test match. Or as I said before, if you said to George Bailey, you know, um, your house is on the line, uh, there'd be no contemplation of picking Harris. It's um, you know, when the rubber meets the road, you're going to pick the best players, and if they do pick the side as as they should, then. I've said it before, the English journalists who say, oh, the most galling thing is that this is far from a great Australian side that's beating us. I'd say it's getting on the on the road towards being pretty darn close to great. Like if you had um, uh, Kawaja opening up with with Warner, you know, Kawaja with an average into the the, the low 40s and Warner in the high 40s, and then Labashain and Smith, two of the highest averages of all time, Head at five, whose average is well into the 40s. Green at six, who could be anything. And his first-class average has always been fantastic. Kerry hasn't had a great start to his career, but he's a, he's a decent player. And then whichever three fast bowlers they pick and Nathan Lyon, it's, I wouldn't yet say it's a great side, but, geez, it's starting to look pretty bloody close to one. Mm, I mean, Boland's got close to the best test bowling average in history at the moment. Um... I love that. I, I, I've gone from being... Um, ambivalent about him to being one of his um, biggest fans overnight. I, you know, I hope that however long his test career lasts, that it keeps on going like this. It's 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 been hilariously not just satisfying, so satisfying to watch and so um, so joyful. Good, I agree. All right, let me do my good day, bad day. So good day, Jimmy Anderson. I'm giving it to the the 40 year old that went out there and and saved the day. Um, so. I think he's 39, actually. But, yeah, well, so good day, Jimmy Anderson. Glad to see him leave such a great ground um, with his head held high. Uh, bad day, Nathan Lyon. Uh, I'm sorry, but this is when your spinner's got to take three or four wickets on the last day of a test match. I know the, the wicket didn't break up, but now we're sort of – there's a lot of fifth days where Lyon's really struggled. And to me, he seemed to get his pace wrong. Chappelle was – saying he was bowling – wait, line was bowling too quick all day. And, and I agree. He, he was fanging him through. And, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, you know, line's a great bowler, but I just don't think he's he, – he's not a fifth-day bowler. I mean, I don't think he's a great bowler. Um, I don't know how you can make that statement. Um, I mean, I was being nice. To... I, was be, I was being nice after criticising him. He's like a, yeah. a, a, an above-average bowler. Yeah. And he's um, – And he's, pl- and he's played he's... a lot of tests. He's played a lot of tests. I, and I think his performance in this series has been quite good. Um, mm. I, I saw at some point they had a, his average in the series to date had been about 25, probably dropped mm. out a little bit today. So, yeah, you know, two for 88 in the second innings. Um, uh, sorry, no, that's uh, that was his first innings performance. His second innings performance, two for 28 off 22 overs. Ah, uh, you know, it's not that wickets, bad. Uh, wickets win your games, buddy, on the last day. I mean, I just think you need three or four from your your, your spinner on a fifth day. And yeah, I just I mean, don't think he bowled that well. He didn't even extract many chances. I think it was okay. I thought he was okay. Um, okay, he was okay. But no, yeah. I don't want okay. I want better. So I think yeah, no, I, I was actually okay. thinking, I was thinking, so, okay, we know Lions are going to get dropped in the foreseeable future, but they go to the subcontinent. So you then other spinners are going to get a go whether yeah. that's Swepson or Tanby Sanger or – and what if one of them bloody grabs it and, and just shows the world they're a match winner? Then we come next summer and all of a sudden Australia have got another option and maybe they think to Lyon, look, um, you know, if we're playing one spinner, we might we might go with the leggy this game. 
you know, maybe. Yeah. So I, I think it's a really interesting plot this year. Um, I think ho- hopefully one of these players can really challenge line. Um, yeah. Yeah, as, as Steve O'Keefe did from time to time and they didn't give him the chances that they should have. I mean, I think he's a, you know, he's a proven better bowler than Lyon. But, um, you know, Lyon's, he's done well. He's done very well. I just think that he's regarded as um, a great and that he's not a great. He's a, he's, a, he's a very decent bowler. Good one. All righty, so we've got some questions. This is from Sam. He sent these via Twitter. Do you reckon they should get rid of Carey, averaging less than 18 with the bat and can't take catches to the right near first slip? Can you answer this question on your daily today? Well, Sam, we can. Paul, would you be um, dropping Carey for the Pakistan Test Series? Well, I mean, you know me. I'm crazy. Um, if it was up to me. I'd be saying. No, no, no. Don't, don't go there. Just answer the question. <laughs> will you answer it then? <laughs> okay. I, th- I, I think Josh Inglis will get a go if pretty soon uh, the way things are tracking. Okay. And Glenn Maxwell could keep in Paul's team. Um, all right. Another question comment. Lion again can't close out a test match on day five. Would the result have been any different if Swepson had played? Paul, you into hypotheticals? I am. Uh, look, Swepson was very good last summer, and we saw him at the – I remember watching him at Wollongong, and he, he bowled well. His overall record is a little bit more modest, so um, – I'm not sure. I, I need to see more of him uh, to, to be convinced. But, you know, I, I'm, pl- I'm pleased that he's going to get an opportunity at some point in the, in the subcontinent. It'll be interesting to see how he's going to go. Agree. All right. Do you want to ask me this one? All right. This is from Taran Majumdar. Um, it's a day-night test in Hobart. Should Richardson return to the 11? If yes, should Stark instead of Boland be dropping out? Oh, it's an interesting question. I have a feeling they'll they'll keep the bowling attack as it is. Uh, Stark doesn't have any niggles. That he said he had a problem with the footmarks uh, on today, so that's probably maybe why he didn't bowl that well or didn't look that comfortable. But I have a feeling Boland. How can you rest Boland? Yeah, I mean when he's on this run, Cummins is not going to sit it out. So I think we'll just. I think Richardson will call his jets. I don't know about that. I think if Richardson is fit, they will be tempted to rest Stark because of what happened last summer and that they could say, um, sure, Stark has that point around the fact that he, he was struggling with his foothold, foot feet in this match. Uh, but they could say, we we, we don't want to open ourselves to the, the criticism if he has a poor test and the fifth test of what happened last summer. We talked about rotation. He's played four in a row. Maybe they'd say, "Let's give you a rest and um, and bring Richardson in if Richardson is um, is firing fit." Yeah, we'll see. All right, this is from Daniel Gibson. Can we rule out Marnus of any future captaincy chat? The wasted DRS reviews would be off the scale. Appealing today when Butler missed the ball by a foot! Exclamation mark. Smiley emoji for those listening. Yeah, I mean it. It is a bit weird that he has such poor judgment around that, that he's so excited, that excitable, that he seems to see things that aren't there. And I think the thing is, at the moment, he has no responsibility. And you can sort of say, oh, yeah, I think I, heard, I think he might have hit that. But all of a sudden, if you are the captain and you've got to make the decision and if you're the one who burns the review, it's going to be against you, you suddenly feel a bit differently. So I think that um, 
you know, he should be encouraged to be a little bit more, uh, show a bit more discretion and not just sort of jump at shadows for sure. Yeah, I think Marnus certainly does need to mature just a little bit um, if he were to be considered for leadership positions, but I definitely wouldn't rule him out. Anybody can mature. I mean, Ricky Ponting was pretty rough around the edges when he started playing test cricket, and look, he became a, you know, a, a pretty good captain. Um, so, uh, you know, not like Steve Wargood, but pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule Manus out. I can, um, as I said, I, I I can't quite see why he annoys people so much because I just love the joy he brings to the game. But maybe you know, some people get the shit seeing people so happy. I don't know. I think that there's a degree of cricket as being a bit one-dimensional. You know that, um, you know, the old days cricketer. You're what? What are the allowed interests of a cricketer? You're allowed to be interested in golf, horse racing, football, and beer, maybe. Yeah. Um, anything beyond that, then you're a bit, whoa, a bit rare. Um, and so the fact that Marnus Labashain loves the game so much, when all of them, they're a little bit cynical, you know don't like to watch too much cricket kind of thing where he looks like he's, he'd watch it for, for fun, that I think that maybe that's a good thing that uh, as like Zampa and Stoinis as well are, are blokes that are maybe a little bit um, outside the normal mould of cricketers and that's that's can only be good. So, yeah, I really like him. Yeah, did you know Cummins does the Sudoku every morning? So that's the funny thing. <laughs> that's a completely normal activity to do. <laughs> Yet amongst cricketers, it's probably like, oh, this guy, he's like, oh, he's some sort of Einstein. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Um, Michael's just thrown in a question here. Last one. What have you blokes made of Smith's form this series? Hasn't made a ton since the 2019 Ashes. That's an Ashes ton. I think he made one one ton against India last year. Yeah, I think that his form hasn't quite reached that peerless level that he was in in, in 2019 ever since. Um, we've talked about it before. He's, he's getting to that age where will he ever revisit those heights? I hope he does. And I, I think that one of the things he needs to do is bat more aggressively. He was doing that um, in this test match and looked pretty good. Uh, so I think that's the way that he needs to play going forward. Yeah, I think it's a rhythm thing with Smith, actually. I think he just hasn't played a lot of test cricket, a lot of first-class cricket. Uh, I mean, we saw him tuning up. You and I did a couple of games. He was playing for New South Wales too two seasons ago or maybe three now. And it was really noticeable how he kind of tuned, was sort of tuning his game up to bat long periods. And I just wonder if he's had that sort of time. I mean, they say the Nets, he spends a lot of time in the Nets, but it's not the same. So maybe now with this sustained run of test cricket, as I said, I think yesterday, I'm really looking forward to seeing him bat in subcontinent conditions. Yeah. Ricky Ponting made an interesting point about the batting of Cameron Green. Um, And... Mohamed was one of the two, but he's saying that at the top level, you can't just expect to wait for good bowlers to bowl bad balls that you can score off. Eventually, you're going to have to start scoring off balls that are that are halfway decent. I think there's something to that with Steve Smith. He's so good that he feels as though he can play totally risk-free cricket and eventually he'll the runs will just come. And I think that oppositions realise that and play on that and realise, okay, if I bowl a ball on the fifth stump line at a good length, he'll let it go. And when you're bowling to someone that great, a dot ball is a reason to celebrate. And if you just keep on doing that, he becomes becalmed. And I think that that's where he needs to say, okay, I'm going to have a bit of a more aggressive attitude and take a little bit more of a risk. And I think his natural talent would, would see him through and he, he'd prosper more. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just hope he, um, yeah, I said, looking forward to seeing him bat um, on the subcontinent. Um, all right, I just well, realized um, I've just given detailed advice to Steve Smith how to bat. I'm probably <laughs> that's what that's, that's why I didn't say anything. Come on, Look, I did it. To, I actually did it to Adam Gilchrist in person. So I'll tell the story for those that haven't listened. So I was following the 1999 World Cup, and I ended up um, in the Australian Team Hotel on the night after Australia had beaten South Africa in the Super Six game, where Steve Waugh scored that majestic 120 not out. So uh, me and a mate are in the bar, all the Aussie teams there, and I go to take a leak, and Adam Gilchrist turns up next to me. Um, and at that point, I decide to tell him, you know, I think he needs to get on the front. We're taking a leak. So we weren't doing it with penises in hand just to get the image right. So, we, you know, we wash, wash our hands. Then I say, oh, you know, I think you should get forward on these wickets. Obviously, I was a few pints in. And then when he walked away, I realised the stupidity of what I just said. A bit like you just then and I, um, yeah, obviously 20-odd years later, I haven't forgot. Yeah, doesn't mean it's wrong, though. Doesn't mean it's wrong. No, I mean, no you've got to get forward in England. Um <laughs> All righty then. Well, um, well I think was, that's it. it. I mean, he didn't do all that well in the semi-final, but he succeeded dramatically in the final, and he did get quite forward, as I remember, to the Pakistani bowlers in the final. So you, you probably won I'm us the 1999 World Cup. Look, it's a good way to end the podcast. Um, <laughs> all righty. Um, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, that's it for the SCG test. Um, so Hobart starts on Friday. Um, so Paul and I will have to have chat about this because it's another day night test um so yeah it's some late nights recording could be fun could be fun all right thanks everybody that's listened congratulations england bye on florida's space coast we think you can have the best of both worlds kind of like right now driving at your desk maybe at the gym but you're also grooving to some music Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.